Welcome to the Breakthrough Podcast. I'm J. Paul Frydenmaker, and I am amazed by all you folks who do fundraising, inviting generous people to resource causes all over the world. In the Breakthrough Podcast, we interview high net worth givers globally to listen and learn about how we as fundraisers can do our best work in inviting people to the party. Thank you for listening in. Today, Todd and I are interviewing one of my longtime friends in ministry and business, Daryl Heald. Daryl and his wife, Kathy, have chosen to dedicate this episode to One Million Home, an amazing charity, which is revolutionizing orphan care by getting one million orphan kids reunited with their families. Such a cool vision, and you'll get to hear more about it later. Daryl and Kathy have 11, you heard it correctly, 11 children and two grandchildren with one on the way as of this recording. Not bad for a guy who has yet to celebrate his 60th birthday. In the 1990s, Daryl began his career as a commercial real estate broker in Atlanta. Later that decade, he joined the McClellan Foundation, which was started by his wife's family back in 1945. While at McClellan, he co-founded a number of generosity initiatives, including Generous Giving and Generosity Path, which I got to help him with a little bit. Um, Those two organizations have combined to spread Journey of Generosity retreats to over 100,000 people in 90 countries and 40 languages. The majority of his time is now spent speaking and encouraging business people in the global financial capitals to be generous. He's actively investing in private equity deals with a particular emphasis on businesses with social impact. His relaxing happy spaces include the golf course, fly fishing, and if you have a chance, you have got to have him fire up his smoker for some unforgettable barbecue. All right, let's get to our talk with Daryl. So Todd, I texted you yesterday. (laughs) I was like, Todd, I need you to be on your best behavior. We have a very special guest coming in. And And I'm like, what does best behavior mean? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) What what is this behave word you keep using? We got Daryl coming. Come on. I which which was a perfect response because Daryl doesn't know what good behavior no. means. <laughs> Daryl Heald, it is so fun to have you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Great to be with you guys. We uh Daryl and I have worked a lot. We've known each other. We have to talk about this, Daryl. I don't remember specifically the very first time we met, but it was in the late nineties. And uh, we have uh, done things together officially, and we've done things together unofficially, and it's been a, a great journey and a great friendship. So thank you. Um, but tell us, tell us a little bit about your family and what's keeping you busy these days. I guess it, I guess that dates us, right? We're no longer the young guys anymore. We start throwing out something like late nineties. So we're like, yeah. <laughs> I think those are like throwbacks. Like you, you go on Spotify and they're like the 90s. You know? or, when right. or when you're really vibing with a record station, like, oh, it's the oldies, throwback classic rock. I'm like, come on now. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, as, as, as you know, you've, you've um, 
been with me on on this journey just globally just seeing uh just yeah i really believe in that god desires to see his church be generous all over the world and i uh, just got back last week from new zealand right um and um yeah just met a bunch of amazing amazing people down there that have uh, been through journeys of generosity and want to uh, others that that <clears throat> are just learning about it and want to want to go on that journey uh, too. I'll be uh, I'll leave tomorrow for London, and uh, we'll be over there meeting again with uh, some more people. So we're um, yeah. So I'm still traveling the globe and um, you know just believing in this movement that God has that is more blessed to give than receive and. What does that look like, and how do we, you know, how do how do we um, walk that out? How do we live that out? Um, and and in particular, I think the, you know, how we how we do that together, right? Not just not just an individual journey, but um, that mm. we we yeah. do this in community, in collaboration. Um, so pretty pretty excited about that. Um, also uh, very involved with TrustBridge Global, as as you know, which is. Um, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's interesting as we started uh, working in this global movement, uh, one of the things that we found out is that it's, it's, it's actually really hard to move philanthropic dollars cross-border. And, uh, and I, I remember sitting in, in, in Zurich with, uh, with the, the uh, philanthropic team at UBS, so the largest bank in the world, banks half the world's billionaires, and we were talking about this back in, say, 2015, and they said, "Look, we're the largest bank in the world. It's hard for us to do it." And um, so we have all the all the rails yeah. that allow financial uh, transactions to happen in the in the investment world. That happens very easily, uh, but philanthropy uh, has has been way behind that. But uh, thankfully, back in I guess when we launched this in 2017, Trustbridge Global, based in Switzerland. It's a Swiss donor advised fund uh, now with a, a number of affiliates around the world and continuing to grow. So very involved with them. And then I just launched uh, this year a new entity called A Hundredfold, where we're desiring to help families uh, give at velocity and scale and know that they're winning. And um, yeah, so it's uh, mm-hmm. creating some design impact funds and yeah, going all about that. So I love that. One of the amazing things about TrustBridge is that you can give to using TrustBridge, you can give to a foreign entity that may not have as a U.S. giver, uh, may not have tax benefit or or Mm -hmm. a fiscal sponsorship or a 501c3 in the U.S. and still get your tax benefit. Lots of other Mm -hmm. benefits, but I just remember that's that's one of the key ones. Um, So Daryl, before we get into questions on your family, people look at my family and say, hey, you've got a basketball team. Um, we look at Daryl's family and we say, hey, you've got a football team. Yeah, I guess we do. Yeah, we have we, we do have 11 uh, yeah. in ours. Uh, now, now we add that if we had some of the yep. three in-laws now and uh, two grandkids and one on the way. So, yeah. Nine, Congratulations. Yep, nine. Thank you. Yeah, nine. Uh, uh, nine kids, five biological and four adopted from China. Um, so I'm, I'm 59 and I still have a fifth grader yep. <laughs> in the house. So I'm still, still going to someone, someone asked me the other day. So he's, he's playing, you know, just kind of the, 
the you know community in the community um, soccer league and flag football and you know so I'm still showing up there and of course I look like I'm the yeah you know a, a granddad age but I here's I've got one playing and someone said I'm doing yeah. I'm going to do the math like how long you've been out here like how long have you been coming with like c- continuous kids playing and and uh, it has been. They figured it out. Like I, I can't even do the math, and they figured it out. I've been there um, twenty, twenty-three years. You know, starting wow. with my oldest oldest daughter. <laughs> yes. You know, playing oh, you know soccer God. or basketball or softball or baseball, and you know all the flag football. You're just a glutton for punishment on that all side. The kids, so. It's man. It's just you yeah. gotta be out on the yeah. soccer. So field. I was. I have to say it was re- it was really funny that uh this spring I guess it was like it was a beautiful uh evening on in in May and Kathy had to go out of town and so these two guys had flown in from Little Rock and they said hey well where do you want to meet or something <laughs> and I said well I'm going to have to change the venue on what I originally thought we we'd meet and we ended up uh they ended up meeting me on on Lookout Mountain at the at the little baseball field, he Charlie had a Charlie had a double header, and so beautiful. We, I just brought so two more lawn chairs, and we just had our meeting <laughs> out in left field. <laughs> That's awesome. So it watched Charlie, but they thought it was really funny because they were kind of, you know, early to mid fifties, and and all their kids, they remembered it, but they hadn't been, you know, they hadn't been in a game because their their grandkids aren't old enough. They hadn't yeah. been in a game in, you know, ten fifteen years, so. That's awesome. All right, Daryl, I want to go back. Um, We've talked about launch and the current stuff and then an involvement, obviously, with generous giving and and generosity path. And uh, where did this start? You seem to have this life calling to stir people up to generosity and to do it in community, which is key. Um, Where where did you first get introduced to that? What what started that whole process? Yeah, as I was sharing down in with some of the people in New Zealand, as I mentioned before, I always like to kind of start with, this was, uh, uh, I think this is, this is God's humor. He actually took someone that I described myself as a maker and a taker. So first 10 years out of, out of university, I was in commercial real estate and man, I just, you know, I was all about making as much money as possible. Now I was raised Southern Baptist. And so I, I understood, you know, I understood the tithe, but, I, uh, but it's like, um, <laughs> You know, my good friend Pete Oaks said I wanted, I wanted to make a, a a lot of money, so my tithe was a really big number. You could imagine the plans I had for the other ninety yeah. percent. And and I thought, okay, look, like I don't know what people are complaining about the tithe. If God's saying, hey, I'll give you a ninety ten deal, what do you what are you complaining about a ninety ten deal for, right? And so uh, unfortunately, really, really bad theology. Yes. <laughs> like my first few years, you know, as a as a young business guy and. My father-in-law gave me a book by Randy Alcorn at Christmas that I really didn't appreciate at the time. Uh, in fact, my wife said I was a horrible receiver and, and, and you know and ungrateful. But it was called uh, Randy Alcorn's Money, Possession, and Eternity, and I thought, man, I could, I would love to have gotten a, like a tennis racket or you know a new a new driver or something like that. Like who wants who wants like this big thick like you know book it, it's a tome. It's like four hundred pages. It's, yeah. it's a big one, but okay. And I still, to this day, have no idea what prompted me to pick that book up. Cause I had no intention of reading it like zero. Uh, but like, I don't know, I'm going to say several months later, <laughs> I picked it up and couldn't put it down. 
and and that's when God just started really you know just changing mm-hmm. my heart very significantly. Um, I met Howard Dayton. Um, uh, we were in Atlanta at the time, so he was um, uh, he had some mutual friends up there, and we Kathy and I did uh, Crown Ministry, and then became trainers in, in Crown Ministry. And I can see how God just orchestrated, like, essentially our discipleship to to, re, to truly begin to understand the biblical message of generosity. And, mm-hmm. um, and um, yeah, that that's, you know, I was just on a journey at, at that point. And then uh, in 1997 is when I uh, joined the, uh, the McClellan Foundation. My father-in-law asked me to come work with him there. And um, we were retaping a uh a oh this is this will also date us to uh a it was a cassette tape series <laughs> called strategic giving called strategic giving most of your audience probably is like what's a cassette tape you know but the, it's, but trust me this was some old technology the the uh that was out there, and I thought, okay, I need to redo these because at, at least at that time we were going from cassette tape to at least CD, yeah. right? And um, and it was during that time it was like it really kind of hit. We we're like, what just happened when we we uh, redid several of those talks along with several others, including Randy um, brought Randy and Howard Dayton in, but they both shared, and there was something like this, you know, something happened there that was different in terms of the messaging side. And that's when we um, then, you know, kind of long story short, we launched Generous Giving in um, 2000 because we felt like the one question that was in some ways in the Christian realm was somewhat rhetorical, like why give? And we're like, well, of course, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's, let's talk about some other questions that are more relevant, like where to give and how to give and when to give and who to give to uh, become, you know, like those are those are important questions. You know, why is, yeah, yeah, God, you know, because God says so, that's why, right? But what, what we learned is, is it's like that why question seems rhetorical, but it's too easily answered. Right. In some ways, right? Because in, in, and as we know, uh, I, I always like to say this because I know Jay Paul's a big uh, Simon Sinek fan, but we are all about the why before he came out with this. Deal. So just in case you're wondering whether we are jumping on the bandwagon, I, I, I really learned not that, not that I thought that I understood it, but it was, um, um, you know, some, some other, you know, men that I was, uh, really able to, to learn from one of them. I got to spend a day with John Stott back in like 1999 as all this was developing. And, um, and he, he, you know, and he's the one that just affirmed how important, you know, help me understand why, why the why question is so important. Uh, cause it really is, this is because it's, it's not about the tactical side. It really is. It's the trans, you know, the, the answers to why form belief. Hmm. Right. And this is where the theology, this is where the theology lies, um, is, is it. And so that's what we you know, that's what we felt like God called us to do was to, um, you know, how do we, then how do we actually do that? Because if no one's asking for it and they think the, you know, it's not really a relevant question and the discussion is not a felt need, how do we actually do that? And I have to just say that, you know, it's, it's kind of a fool, fool's errand to create a, a, a strategy on a question no one's answer asking. Um, but yeah, I, I can only say that it's just, <laughs> 
you yeah. know, God's design and, and his timing. So it was, it was pretty funny the first few, first few years. Um, and then we just, you know, just, you know, God gives favor and it just took off. And then we did, um, and then we started the, the global work in, in 2010 and, uh, Jay Paul was with me at the beginning of that. And he just saw that, um, begin to take off first in China and then Korea and then just, you know, we're in, you know, and fast forward and we're in over 90 countries now in 40, 40 plus languages. So. Yeah. With journey of generosity retreats. That's amazing. I, one of the things, Daryl, that I appreciate about you, you were always incredibly friendly to development people. When we would come around to the foundation in in Chattanooga, it's not that other foundations weren't friendly, but you really mm. allowed allowed us to become friends with you and and to learn and kind of learn from each other and teach each other. So uh, that is and and to that end, you invited people like me, who I don't come from a wealthy family, and but you invited people like me mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be involved. Right. And generous giving to invite our major donors to be blessed by that, and and I just love that. Um, thinking to the to the giving, so Daryl, you you have you and Kathy have your own personal giving and and generosity that you do, um, and then you've also played a, a really key role over the years in helping uh, your father in law's family, Kathy's family to give away from their foundation. But I'm curious, I mean, you're a risk taker, you're a, a, you're a commercial real estate guy at heart. And what, tell us a, a story maybe of one of the biggest risks that you took in giving. Well, I, you know, I, um, risk, I, I mean, I, I do think about the, uh, you know, some of the conversations I've had with, with some founders that were, you know, kind of as I was describing what happened at Generous Giving, just said, you know, they just feel like God's put something on their heart that they, as I talk about, you know, in, in the hundredfold language, like, what's the problem yeah. to be solved? Um, and I remember, um, yeah, I flew up to D.C. because we'd gotten a grant request from, from a guy um, based in D.C. He was working at the Justice Department, and I became pretty intrigued with, with, you know, just this problem he wanted to solve. Um, and so I flew up there and I said, you know, hey, I'd like to hear more. Can we have lunch? And this guy, uh, so I got this Italian restaurant right across the street from the Justice Department and a guy named Gary Hogan walks across the street and oh, yeah. um, he had been on the UN, been part of the UN High Court Commission for Rwanda and, you know, about two stories into what he had seen in Rwanda, I'm like, okay, I can't, you know, handle this anymore. Let's talk about what you're trying to do here with this thing called International Justice Mission. And um, uh, we, uh, we gave him um, a grant um, that allowed him to leave the Justice Department, start that um, ministry. Um, wow. Another, nice. Another guy that, um, that we met, it was actually just, just here on, on Lookout Mountain at Covenant College. Um, was a guy that has a, a PhD in in um, microeconomics from from Yale, and um, he's six foot nine. A guy named Brian Fickert, and um, has uh, started oh, cool. uh, started a, a center there at Covenant College called Ch- Chalmers Center, 
and uh, he he asked to have coffee one day, and we met, and he said, you know, he had this whole idea of, you know, for that center, and uh, then eventually, you know, just wrote that kind of groundbreaking book when Helping Hurts, and all. But we gave, we gave him his his first grant as well. So I think I think part of it is I th- I I I think that particularly on the foundation side, we should take the most risk. Uh, we should take the most mm. risk from yeah. a kingdom standpoint to like, in one sense, kind of like put the first money in so that it, uh, you know, and then in one sense is like, man, I love that whole idea of like, how do we bring justice, you know, uh, to this? How do we, you know, how do we do this, you know, financial thing well globally? Um, uh, so in a lot of ways, I just felt like the, um, I guess the environment or maybe the culture of a lot of institutional foundations um, don't like to take as much risk, right? Aren't as, you know, and say in the financial sector, mm, more yeah. VC oriented. But I think, I mean, my, my view is, um, yeah, I think we should actually be, take more risk on that side. And to, you know, I, I always tell people too, look, you know, uh, people think, well, hey, can I introduce you to someone? And I said, look, if I know you, if I, you know, the, uh, and Jay Paul, you've heard me say this because I even probably said it to you is if you, um, I'll give you the freedom to introduce me to anybody as long as I have the freedom to say no as well. Right. So if we have this mutual understanding, right. I'm like, it doesn't obligate me, but I'm like, look, if I'm a kingdom investor, then it really is, um, important that, you know, um, uh, you know, to to open up the open up the funnel as wide as possible, uh, which seems counterintuitive, because if I'm a kingdom investor, you know, no investor wants to have some limited stagnant deal flow, and so great people. I always want to meet great people with great ideas. Is what I tell people. Happy to you know, happy to you know, take a call again as long as it's not something that I feel you know, obligated to you and disappointing a lot of people, but yeah. But this whole idea of quality yeah, deal flow is, is super important. So related to that, you guys are unique in being open request online. And through that, then the same thing on the VC side is you have to say no a bunch of times. Um, how does that yes. come about? How does that wear your staff? How do you go through the process of saying no with grace? Like walk us through that. Cause I think some people on the giving yeah. side are, are, would love to match that. But that saying no to people they yep. enjoy a passion that's that's burdened their heart is not fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how do you handle that part? Right. Well, yeah, and that that can be. Yeah, it's is very interesting. When I first came to the foundation, the um, uh, I, you know someone said, "Man, what a great job! You get to you know give money away." And you know, at first glance, that might want it. it hmm. Maybe how it how it looks, but actually, you know, as I started going through, like at the at the time, I mean, it literally were feet of grant requests because this was, you know, again back in the late nineties, yeah, a lot of paper, and um, and what I what I realized is if we're saying no nine out of ten times, you better get really yeah. good out of saying no. And what that meant was, you know, one we have to um, we have to make sure people are heard in it. And uh, so we actually change, you know, how our declination letters and things like that, our wording uh, was. But I think the most important thing is, is that I, I would say that, you know, most giving is actually, the majority of all giving is actually 
has you know comprised two two characteristics one of them is emotive like there's an emotion to it like uh yeah we should have more justice like there's injustice we should have more justice um and then relational i like that guy i like that lady i like that you know uh, i like that person so that's that that's really are the kind of our two it's two major characteristics i'd say most of our giving is and so you know i'd say most very rarely is it strategic and what i mean by that is it's easier in one sense it's easier to say no when you're when you know what you're trying to do like what what do you what do we feel like as a you know as a family and as a foundation what is god asking us to do doesn't mean that we do everything so he said so i keep going back to this whole idea of like what problems uh is he asking us to be involved in uh, not that we're going to solve the problems but but be involved in and seeing these problems solved, um, then that's what we're, you know, so if it's in those grids, you know, and, and whatever that scope of the problem solving is, like, you know, for us, like one of the major areas is uh, saturation church planning or disciple making movements um, and, and in different geographic areas. And then, you know, when those things come into, you know, and, and make a fit on that, it obviously makes it easier. Because, I mean, we do have plans, um, strategic plans of what we're, we feel like God's asking us to do and where we make those allocations. And so, um, of course, you never take emotion out of it and you don't take relationship out of it. You just add the strategic piece to it. So, Daryl, uh, your work with the foundation, with generous giving, with generosity path, with hundredfold, probably... <laughs> at least 12 other <laughs> things that I'm not mentioning. You've traveled all over the world several times. Are you past the 100 country mark? Do you keep um, track of those things? I, I think I keep going back to some of the same things, <laughs> but we're but I know I know that I, I know that we're in uh I know that in generosity path I think we've we've done journeys of generosity in over 90 countries. I'm not sure if I've been to all 90 yeah. of those or not, but I'm I don't know. Yeah. I guess I'm pretty close. But <laughs> well, here, here's what I know. Like, you know, you were sending me to the remote right. places of India. Oh, while you I'll went take to London. Dubai hey, take, uh, how about, yeah. I'll send you to the sticks. Well, yeah. that's because, yeah, that's, that's just because when I first came to work at the foundation, they sent me to places like Cuba and Siberia. And I was in South, yeah. South Sudan. That's yeah. Right. I've, listen, I've, 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 I've done that drill. <laughs> I let me let me say this. I have definitely crossed the hundred mark in no okay. small part due to Daryl Hield. So, <laughs> um, but Daryl, w- with that, you have talked to hundreds, thousands of people around the world, different cultures, about giving, and you know maybe you can speak for yourself, or you can speak just with some common themes that come up. What is the most confusing thing to people? Mm-hmm related to their giving well I, I i think i'll go back to what i just said before i don't i don't i don't think a lot of people have given enough space and margin to figure out what is god really asking us to to be about like you know are are there you know is there an is there an issue is there a place are there are, are there people that god's asking us to you know you know like prioritize and, and make primary. Um, and that would be my, that would be my encouragement. I, you, you know, this, one of the things is that most people like, just ask your friends, how many people, you know, Hey, do you have a giving plan? 
and I don't say you have to have this, you know, big strategic document, but just a like in one sense a simple giving plan, which you know you, you actually help help us develop at Generosity Path, because um, we realize that's I, I mean it, that that makes a huge difference. Uh, again, we move it out of just kind of because let me say this: very few people go to scale with their giving without a plan, or in fact, I would say almost none. Right, because we wouldn't go right. to we wouldn't go to scale in business. We wouldn't we wouldn't make big investments w- without knowing in one sense what we're trying to uh, what we're at least hoping to ach- to see or achieve or or have some type of outcome. And so to think that we're gonna like in one sense give big and and be generous without a plan is also, yeah. I, I think, just a kind of a false narrative. So Daryl, you've been around the giving side, both sides, but again, our audience is that major donor fundraiser. Um, what are either the positive and negative things or the top tips that you'd give to somebody in that line of work? The never do, always do, consider this, avoid this. What are your top gifts, mm-hmm. uh, uh, recommendations? Uh, good question. Um, I think, I think one, it's, it's super important um, for that person to be on uh, their own uh, generous journey as well, right? To, to, to one sense, to kind of like the authenticity of being a giver. So that in some ways, right, I can, you know, irregardless of the amount, um, we could still talk about like, you know, the question you all ask me, hey, what, what are you and yeah. Kathy excited about? You know, um, if, if that doesn't kind of roll off their, t- you know, their tongue pretty easy, um, the, uh, I, I, I do remember this. So one of my other friends who was a uh, major, you know, I, I guess he still is, major no friend, friend is, he goes, I learned this lesson a long, you know, long time ago. And I was on the board of uh, the, um, of, of a ministry and he, he was working there and he'd gone out to see one of the board members in the first time that the CEO had let him actually talk with this this one woman very wealthy lady out in california and and so he's sitting down with her and uh you know so he was ready to you know give give the pitch on this one one deal and she's like so you know so so um she goes well that's really compelling i really like it you think this is the best thing that you know <laughs> out of all the things is this the one you like the most out of all the things the ministry's doing he goes oh yeah this is by far this is like groundbreaking it's all these things you know you put all the superlatives you wanted to do it and she goes that's great she goes well how much have you put in then <laughs> and he just went <laughs> and, he's, <laughs> and he's just like he re- he realized okay maybe the sweat equity answer doesn't really cut it with her yeah <laughs> so that's awesome yeah um, so that's I think I think point. that I think the uh, the other thing is um, is to really understand the stewardship of relationships yeah you know that that in one sense you know I, I think when you stand before Jesus if I'm you know because uh, I've you know it's, it's not so much of like. Well, how much money did you raise? Is like, how did you, in the, in, you know, these, you're stewarding these relationships. And these relationships actually are stewarding the financial resources that God's entrusted to them, right? And so your part in that is super important. And so I think just understanding, you know, the, the stewardship of, of those relationships, meaning, that in in some ways I would say it's it's that stewardship is is helping them truly understand the kingdom, and for them to be everything God's asked them to be in that 
um, we could, you know, if we had more time, I could unpack that some more, but yeah, yeah. that's, um, yeah, that's super significant. Um, you know, and, and, and I think one of the ways you can, you know, they can, a practical thing to, to help that is they need, you know, you need to know, uh, what else, th- you know, these, your, you know, one sense, you know, people are giving to, uh, your work are also giving to, what are other things they're giving to? Awesome. Um, yeah. and so it, cause if you don't know that, then you're really not stewarding that relationship. That's just a real easy thing because then if you know that, say for example, you know, um, you know, Kathy and I really love, you know, the vulnerable children thing and clean water and, you know, um, and, and homelessness or something like that. So when you think about us and you see an article or you, you, you see a, a speaker or a podcast on that type of subject, you know, and just send them that, you know, that something is outside. And so it's, you don't be afraid to take it out. I guess, expand your conversation outside your own deal because, yeah. You know, the, because the, think about them. I mean, the reality is most givers will have. I, well, I mean, y'all might have the data on this, but I would, I would guess that most givers have at least say three to eight other, you know, kind of ma- maybe even major uh, things they're given to, and maybe another dozen that are kind of more secondary. Um, so, uh, I mean, to kind of think that, um, we're only having this ice to keep the conversation isolated is that's not where, and when that's what, since that's not where the giver's living. So you should yeah. also be very just winsome in that too. Yeah. You, you taught over 20 years ago, you taught me <clears throat> to go in with two questions when I'm meeting with someone just overarching first is what is God doing in their mm-hmm. lives? Mm-hmm. And then based on what you learn about what God is doing in their life, what are you going to invite them to engage to? And P.S., it may not, what what God is doing may not be Mm -hmm. aligned with what you're paid to raise money for. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that was a hard one for me. Yeah, I think it's good. But I'd say the other thing, too, is like... um, you know, when I, when I started working the foundation and of course at an institutional level, I, I've seen this at a, like, you know, at a, you know, kind of 40,000 feet. And, and I remember, I remember, um, uh, asking, I, I'd ask, you know, one of, one of, uh, you know, one of like Jay Paul's peers, you know, I said, Hey, can I talk to you after like he had, they just pitched the foundation on something. Can I come back? And he came back to my office and I just said, Hey, can I ask you a couple of questions? This is as I was trying to kind of figure out the generous giving piece. And I said, what do you think? What do you think I need? Hmm. And he thought, he goes, mm. um, and he looks around my office. I'm in his, you know, big corner office there at the foundation. And he, he knows I'm part of the family and all these other things. And he kind of looks around my room and I've got, you know, pictures of me playing golf and, catching fish and stuff like that. And he's like, <laughs> he looks around and he goes, I don't know. It looks like you're doing pretty well to me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I realized is that unless you can see, you know, take it uh, again beyond just, you know, hey, this guy's got, you know, money. We're yeah. the ones that have this need for our ministry versus like, what do they actually need? Hmm. Yeah, you know, and and so that's right. what the other other question I'd say is, you know, and once it's kind of I don't know what Jay Paul said is, you know, what what needs do they have? Because right. sometimes we could, you know, we can be pretty quick to look at it and go like, hey, I'm happy to trade places 
with some of these people. But the reality is life is, um, you know, pretty precarious. And so you don't know where some of these deals are. You don't know where some of the markets are. You don't know where health issues are, family issues are happening in that person's life, even though on the outward appearance, it looks pretty good. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's, that's right. I, part of the background, I think, is the, the donor, the professional coming into the situation has never seen behind the curtain, right? Has never seen right. the, you know, everything looks good in Camelot, right? Um, but right. in the inside, there's a lot of infighting. They don't get the back and yeah. forth rivalries or the whatever is at play. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would it look like to help if they were to, the, the professional help in these families, what are a couple of questions where you'd just be curious about to help them get into that moment of serving or ministering to the donors as well? Yeah, well, I, th- I, think, it's, I think it's being willing to, you know, ha- have this conversation beyond just the conversation you feel like you, you want to have, right? right? So I think that this whole idea about, one, is that you actually lead with a gift. Is, is I've, I've told many hmm. fundraisers, lead with a gift, just kind of, in one sense, flip the script. And they're like, well, what do you mean? Like, what is that, right? If I don't think they have any need, what do I give them, right? What do you give someone that seems to have everything, right? And see, but that's the whole point around where the, um, well, one, that's just, that's just, just not true. And I don't mean this by like, you know, bringing in, you know, giving someone a watch or, you know, new set of golf clubs or something else like that. But like, that's the whole question is what can we, you know, what, what gift, what gift or gifts can we give first? Like, and I say, so for example, one of the things that is an easy thing to give is, um, you know, is powers in asking the right question and then listening. So one of the best gifts you can give someone is actually listening. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of noise and a lot of conversation happening, but very few people are heard. And so when you're willing to, 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 to make your, in one sense, your pitch secondary to wherever, to, to have the EQ to figure out where they are. So, so like if, if a kid's gone sideways, you know, or a grand, grandkid is sick or, or a business cycle is, you know, like I, I had coffee this morning with a guy and, he, you know, and I said, you know, how's it going? And he's just like, man, you know, he is, you know, like, 16 different things went sideways in in his real estate world and Hmm. i was like wow that's you know and so if we're actually willing to have that meaning when you ask the question the person on the other side is wondering do you really mean that yeah and if so am i willing to actually tell you 16 things or am i just going to say oh it's going pretty good (laughs) so daryl tell us a story uh or two of an approach that just was off-putting, <laughs> didn't go particularly well. What can we learn from it? And and maybe as well one where you just really felt blessed, like they did that really well. Well, I I think I think I've been, uh, like I said, just in in um, so many situations where it was it was very obvious that. Um, you know, if I have, if, if you're going to give me whatever 15 or 30 minutes to make my pitch, I'm taking that whole time to pitch you. Hmm. Right. And this whole idea about, you know, and so it, you know, back in the day too, this whole idea about partnering, partnering, partnering. And at one time I asked the, I, so I just asked the question one time I said, so 
you know, I come out of real estate in a, in a, uh, and I understand real estate partnerships, but you say like, you want us to partner with you. Tell me what you mean by partnering. And the, and the two guys are like, uh, <laughs> uh, you give us money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, well, they're like, is this the, like either the dumbest question or, is this a or whatever? Just yeah. like, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, but, but to be in real estate, I mean, uh, you know, a real estate partnership has, you know, it's, it's very defined and it's pretty clear who's, you know, uh, what, you know, where the value is and, 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 and where you are on the cap table, all these different things. And I, I said, and so <laughs> yeah, it's like, and so basically they're like, it was this awkward deal. And you guys like, ah, I guess it's just another kind of, you know, good way to just say, we just need the money. <laughs> <laughs> He was, he was honest. honest. Okay. Yeah, and I was like, I like that. that. I I I appreciate that. Thank you for thank you for that answer. But you know, so I just think this whole idea around look, words matter, language matters. Yeah, and 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 we we and the other thing I say is that we you know we throw around this term gener- generosity, and I I I tell. I tell people in ministry this all the time, be careful about saying that unless the Holy Spirit's giving discernment that that's a generous gift yeah. because, you know, to say, well, thank you for your generosity when we give 10000 or $25,000, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's, it's not, you know, and you, you might've been the, you know, 15th ministry on our list. That's not, right. you know, um, so, but we use that word all the time, like it's become where it's lost its, in, in some ways it's lost its power. So, so we have so to rephrase that then. So they're yeah. coming in to say thank you and they're meaning, I think the heartbeat. Yeah, it, it is. But I, but I think we're kind of playing fast and loose. And as I'm saying, like, you know, generosity means something right in scripture. And it doesn't mean it's just what we put in every one of our thank you right. letters to every person that writes a $5,000 more gift. Thank you for your generosity, because I've I, I've been on the other side of the table where, you know, like for example with you know one of the families I was with, and he said, "Look, I've um, can I talk to you about something?" He'd come to a generous giving conference. I, I, I flew out there to meet with him, and he had a stack of letters from like you know all like you know ten twelve different like A list type ministries, right? And um, I saw, and he's a little upset. I'm like, what's going on? And he said, well, um, he said, I just, you know, look, that was really transformational what happened at the Generous Giving Conference. Thanks for helping me on that. But he said, I'm I'm really frustrated right now. And I said, why is that? And he said, um, and and he threw threw these, this stack of letters or, you know, these thank you letters to me. And he says, and he'd highlighted he said, Every, everyone said I was generous. Mm. Mm. And he said, but the reality is, you know, me writing $100,000, he goes, the, you know, the last six years I've made, you know, I've not made less than $40 million. He goes, there was nothing about this that was generous. Now that I understand what it truly means, not one of them. So, you know, he just said, why the, you know, why the blank do they call me generous? <laughs> that's what other, that's what most ministry people aren't hearing. Yeah in that conversation. And so that's what I'm saying is be careful, right? Because we're actually called not to, not to flatter. 
uh, we're called not to not to flatter, but to you know, but we do need to speak truth. And so when you, it, that's where I'm saying, yeah. if the Holy Spirit, you know, gives you discernment that like this, like I, I don't care whether it's five hundred dollars, that can be a generous gift. Yeah, you bet. Right, as we already know, it's not the not the amount; it's really the heart and the intent. You know, and and so that, that's what I'm just saying. Just just you know, exercise that right. discretion. Beautiful, Daryl. You and Kathy want to dedicate this podcast episode to a special ministry that you're involved with called One Million Home. So tell us about that. Tell us a little about their vision and and what you love. I'd be fun maybe to hear how you got invited to it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so uh, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, here about our family, we've, uh, we, we've gone through the, the journey of adoption and it's just been absolutely amazing. Uh, for our family, so uh, four kids from from China. So I thought, uh, you know, I I know quite a bit about kind of the you know the, this this space or whatever. And and I met this I met this guy named Michael Gallagher, and we were talking, and it didn't take me very long. You know, I'm like, oh yeah, he he, he has a daughter from China and a couple of kids from U- Uganda, and um. And I'm like, oh well, you know, I'm a I'm a adoptive father too, and so on and so forth. And we start talking, and and you know, it didn't take me long to realize, okay, like this guy, you know, like I mean, what what he knew about just this whole, you know, space uh, around you know adoption, foster, vulnerable children, and and so on was just you know way way beyond. Way beyond just you know, hey, we're we're adoptive parents and things like that, and so just I was really intrigued with it, and 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 their approach to uh, truly understanding, not just like, well, hey, we just need to build a bunch more orphanages. No, there's like like we could never, you know, you can't solve the problem that way, and in fact, that's not the way to solve it. Anyhow, uh, and so he brought in just one, not only his own, you know. Um, their own experience, but it was looking at it at a global level hmm. and, and again, trying to solve something that does need to be solved. Right. I mean, these, um, uh, vulnerable kids, you know, um, you know, speak about in scripture all the time, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, our, our, our call to, you know, widows, uh, orphans, you know, refugees or something, our response, God cares about our response to that. Hmm. And so to get kids out of institution or get kids out of uh, off the streets and, and reunite them back to family or, or, or place them into families, um, man, that's yeah. worth it. Oh, yeah. So that's yeah. why that's why Kathy and I are excited about this ministry. It's a big it's a big vision to see a million kids um, placed into yeah. homes. Um, so yeah. they're doing doing a lot of significant work right now in, in Africa, and then, you know, hope to expand that more globally. Very fun. Okay, we're going to take a break from our interview with Daryl, because I am sitting here with a very special guest, Mike Gallagher of One Million Home. Mike, thank you so much for taking some time with us today. Thank you. It's great to be here. So Daryl and Kathy have chosen to dedicate this episode, this interview that we're doing with Daryl to One Million Home. And I've already got a few goosebumps going on here because Daryl has been sharing with us about One Million Home. And of course, I know a little about his story and he talked about their own 
story of, uh, you know, kids at risk and adoption and all that stuff. But, but Mike, share with us a little bit about the vision of 1 million home. How did this get started and what are you all trying to do? Yeah, it's interesting because I think like, like Daryl and Kathy, for me, this started as a father and it started with one child. Mm. So a lot happens from the one to the 1 million. But uh, it it started uh, with the one that was in our path. My wife and I adopted a child uh, born with significant special needs. And I think like the healed, we saw that that perhaps most vulnerable population was the least likely to get adopted. Right. And so that's where it started for us in in our own home. Yeah, that's incredible. So out of that, you started what writing on the back of a cocktail napkin or you kind of what what did you do how did this get going yeah it's interesting because for my wife and i we were in the business world we owned a business we had private equity background and so we're very much about entrepreneurial solutions and and really about leaders and leadership and and really all we wanted to do was get to know the best solutions and the best leaders and back them and we wanted to just help more kids like we had adopted to get into families. But, but what we realized is that preserving families was actually going to help the most kids. And, and then over time, uh, even restoring families that had been separated or, or relational breakdowns. And so we have a burning heart for adoption and we need more adoptive families than ever. But the huge majority of children that have been left as orphans, that are living as orphans, actually need to be restored into their their uh, biological families. Yeah. And so as we as we kind of followed that journey, we we saw incredible work done by uh, you know faithful Christians in the front lines, mm-hmm. and how to find families, vet families, restore families, strengthen families, disciple families, and we went from helping. You know, one child, two child, three child, to hundreds of children, to thousands of children, and we're now we're, we're on our way to helping tens and hundreds of thousands of children. Yeah. So how that all ladders up is where we're we're really focused on that first one million home and building yeah. out solutions and and uh, uh, that are ultimately going to lead to that first million, but then millions more after them. Well, when Daryl first said the name of your organization, I thought it was Homes with an S. So I thought it was something about a housing solution or something. He goes, no, 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 no. It's 1 million children home, Mm -hmm. which is incredible. So where are you at? You said tens of thousands, like where are you at? How far do you have to go? Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's interesting because with this pivot, we went from helping children to helping uh, organizations that are helping children. And right now we're helping several hundreds of organizations who are all helping hundreds of children each. So over these last uh, three, four years since we launched One Million Home, we're approaching 10,000 children already. And and like like we think of in private equity, you think of a run rate of earnings. This is a run rate where we're actually, the, the systems change that we're driving in these organizations aligning them back where their programs are actually helping produce permanent loving families for the children that are stuck in orphanages, languishing on the streets, rounded up in in, uh, government custody. Yeah, These are the ones, these hardest cases, these are the kids that are now in in local loving permanent families. And so this is a major milestone and and a huge encouragement. It's that, that this is not only not only must it be done, but it can be done. Now, Mike, tell us a little bit. Um, so 
I'm a I'm kind of a, a newbie, a neophyte on on some of these things. Why are orphanages not the best thing? Why are institutions like kind of watching from the sidelines? I go, well, at least it's something, right? At least the kids have somewhere to go. But but what's your response to that? Yeah, the, and for all of us, the, I mean, we have visited orphanages, helped build and operate orphanages. So so we know the heart of the care that goes into orphanage care. Um, but sadly, the results of that, the impact of yeah. that, it, and all those good intentions are actually really devastating outcomes. Okay. And so institutional care is, is um, although there's shelter and uh, oftentimes food and education and even the gospel, there's a real crippling that happens to that child through institutionalization. Yeah. And, and I guess the bigger kind of haunting reality has been this discovery that the huge majority of children that are living in orphanages actually have birth parents even. Um, and for those that don't have a safe, loving birth parent that can be helped restored and strengthened to take the child back, virtually all of them have a pool of relatives that care about that child and have a vested interest in that child's well-being. And right. so that's where this biological family is not the problem and they're not absent. They're part of the solution. And, and that's what we've discovered. And, and one of the most uh, resounding biblical realities of this is, is how redemption goes in every direction. Right. You know, we, we need to rescue, but not like with a Messiah complex. <laughs> we need to redeem. And oftentimes we can redeem not only children's lives, but whole families' lives. And yeah. that, that's where this is really really profound. Mike, tell us a few specific ways that people can get involved with One Million Hope. So obviously financial, tell us if there's any specific giving that we can do or a campaign, or maybe someone's like interested in becoming an adopted family or whatever. Like, what do you suggest? Okay. Uh, well, it's an exciting time for us because we have just gone under contract with the nation of Kenya. So for the first time, we could disciple a nation, so to speak. We, we could be part of helping 50, 100,000 children, you know, currently languishing on the streets or in institutions um, over, the, over the coming years. Yeah. And so, um, and with what we're doing in Kenya, that's really a model for how we could implement our, our approach and our solutions in many nations uh, throughout the global South. And so, we're, we're looking to scale up our proven solutions. We're, we're calling it a series A uh, because we are Beautiful. very entrepreneurial yeah. and, and all of our core leaders have entrepreneurial backgrounds. Uh -huh. And so uh, this series A, we're trying to raise $10 million to really scale up a solution across an entire nation yep. as, as a group that's been tapped to be the national implementer of new family-based solutions for orphan children. Yep. Um, so that's a huge part. We're also just recruiting uh, expertise Okay. We've actually developed in-country software with in-country software developers mm -hmm. that could be the back end of this whole national rollout. And so we would love help with data analytics and oh, you know, nice. how, to, how to make the most out of that. Um, any other, all sorts of uh, change management, you know, all sorts of expertise. We, okay. we love involving entrepreneurial problem solvers and we always want to lead with learning. Yeah. And so um I think those could be some of the most powerful and effective ways to get involved. I love it. That's wonderful. Well, Mike, thank you so much for what you are doing, for what you've committed to. And just 
with all of us, with our listeners and everybody who's hearing this, we hold you and your team in our hearts and especially 1 million children home. Um, we, we don't know what their faces look like yet or now, but we hold them in our hearts and minds and we pray for you guys in this effort. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's a blessing to be here. And now back to our interview with Daryl Heald. Well, Daryl, thank you so much for joining us. It always is fun. We never have enough time, but uh, this has been a blast. Super fun. Thank you. Well, thanks. Thanks for the opportunity. And to, I think to all the, you know, all, all the people that God's called into the fundraising side, I just want to say I've, I, I, I recognize the, the difficulty in that and, and just really appreciate you know, they're, you know, a sense of calling to do that and to do that well and to do it, you know, that's, that's, you know, honoring, honoring to God and really serving, you know, those that, that God has entrusted uh, resources to. So, I mean, it's, it's a, it's not an easy, it's not an easy place to be. So, I, you know, on, I, I, I guess my, my parting thing is I, um, I see it, I feel it, I've, you know, know uh, a bunch of people in this and really respect um, respect the call um, to this work because it's it's. I mean, this is. Let me let me end it this way. I think when when um, I was speaking with one of my pastors a long time, maybe twenty years ago or something, he said, you know, it's a really interesting thing. This whole idea about where you know it's it's is you know it's not someone's ministry and it's not someone's money, but God invites us to uh, God invites us together to um to again you know to you know kind of make all things new you know to to redeem the broken things and um that's it and that that is holy ground yeah. so when you know when so when when that happens well we're we're on holy ground it's not just some financial transaction yeah, amen uh so so that's where because this is building the kingdom yep. right this is it's doing every, I mean, it's the, you know, it's the Isaiah piece, right? Where, you know, it's, it's the, the, the water given to those who are thirsty. It's, you know, visiting the prisoner. It's, you know, helping the afflicted and the, you know, the slaves and, and all these other things. That's what happens. Like there's something that the, the kingdom uh, is, you know, is, is really brought forth yeah. uh, when that's, when that's done well. And so there's, there's a lot we can both learn from the kind of the asking side and the giving side, but when we do that on the right side, side then God's glorified. Hundred percent. Yeah. Great Amen. closing words, Daryl. Yeah, thank thanks. you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. Have guys. a great day. All right. Bye. Bye. Todd, I I do not exaggerate when I say those two questions. I talked about them in the podcast. When I'm sitting down with somebody, what is God doing in your life and what then am I going to invite you to engage in or to do or yeah. give with your time, your money, whatever, based on what I've learned? And I, I think I've I've told you this story before, but I really struggled. Well, what if it's not yeah. aligned? You know, what if what if what God's doing in your life is not aligned with what I'm paid to raise money for? Because my my thought is well, that kind of sounds like a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm paid to, to right. do the ask, yeah. you know. But I have actually given away gifts using mm. those questions where I've realized giving to my thing 
is not right for yeah. that donor. Let's help them give to the thing that they need to give to and are excited. Uh, yeah. No, for me, the, the walkaway moment, I love the be careful about using the word generosity because there's been tons of folks that are high capacity that are giving in it to the ministry. They think it's a generous gift, but it's like a, an afterthought, right? We, we just, you know, yeah. to, the, to the example he gave, a guy doing 40 million and he gave away, you know, whatever the total number was, uh, it wasn't generous, right? If, if, if you're not even right. to 10% when you get to larger numbers, yeah, the checks get bigger, but... Anyway, very. I love that heartbeat mm-hmm. and your heartbeat to the questions of, hey, how are we getting and genuinely serving them? And just this winsome, um, right. honoring, serving way is, is is huge. Yeah, yeah. And and let's be really realistic about this, though. Like sometimes, I will. I'll ask those questions to 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 draw them out and to listen well, and they don't want to do yeah. that. And so if you're talking to somebody who doesn't want to do that, be aware of that. Don't, don't try to yeah. force it. You know, it's, uh, it's great when they do and they trust you to, to be able to talk a little bit about their lives or what, what life has been like in their yeah. shoes in the last 24 hours. Um, but sometimes that feels off-putting. They don't want to do that. So you just kind of have to, to be aware yeah. of that and, you know, they're, they're in go mode. They want to, they do want to hear your pitch and then they want to move on yeah. with their day. Well, and this, so. this is the art, not science part, right? So you can have the science of how yes. you approach it and make sure your pitch is set and ordered and all that kind of stuff and, and be logical and thoughtful yep. and intentional strategic, all those things. Right. But at the same moment, you, yep. you've got to remember you're sitting in front of a real person who has real needs. You might not know the, a fraction of the story. And how can you use that for the kingdom to help? And, and that might be we partner and gauge together. And, and it's a giving back and forth and exchange in a long-term whatever. Awesome. Yeah, I partner intentionally, right? Because yeah. what does partnership mean? That was, that was also a fun That's story. Right. I know. That's right. We have, we have a few words that, that we're, we're encouraged to just be thoughtful right. about. You know, let's not play fast and loose with generosity. Yeah. Like that's a powerful yeah. word. It, it can be used, but... It's not apply to yeah. everything. And then partnering, that was a oh, funny story. You know? <laughs> because I know, I know that story. And I know Daryl, he was not no, setting them up. He was really what curious. What does partnership actually like, mean? Yeah. Are you saying that we should hire some staff to help, uh, you know, do this ministry idea? Like, I mean, he was thinking about true partnership. And, uh, and so, yeah. But we do mm-hmm. use that word. I think in fundraising, you know, speaking from from my kind of side of the fence on that we're always trying to find words that ah for lack of a better you know uh way of saying it soften yeah. the blow or a euphemism <laughs> or make it not right or euphemism yeah. makes it sound like what it yeah, not I'm in development is. not That's fundraising or I, i'm an advancement staff or all, yeah. all these and, and scrape use right. all your terms whatever your resource partners yeah, yeah. all that yeah Dang, the the amount of uh, I go back to that moment of I'm just picturing Daryl opening the book and all the things you know that came from money possessions and eternity and the, the ministries that were launched and yeah. even just him going back and and doing treasure principle again with Randy through generous giving and all the pieces I'm just going that'd be a cool moment to see the impact from that you know from heaven's perspective that's which right is cool so well I'll tell you what um, my daughter just got married. You're still a few years off from <laughs> kids so. getting married. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It might not right. be, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I'll do a little experiment. I'll give a copy of Money, Possessions, and Eternity to my there new son-in-law. <laughs> and see how he responds. Yeah. Todd, so good to be fun. with you. Thank so you much so fun. much. Until next time, see you later. The Breakthrough Podcast is produced by myself, J. Paul Frydenmaker. Thanks to Todd DeKreider for co-hosting with me and special thanks to Daryl Heald for joining us today. We are grateful to dedicate this episode to One Million Home. Check out the links in the show notes, including information about Journey of Generosity retreats and how to support One Million Home. Finally, a big thank you to Lizzie Morales for her assistance on booking and scheduling. And may you all break through to radical generosity in your efforts to invite people to join your cause.